It's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. So much to talk about. And every time I look at the TV, it seems like someone's there talking about Aladdin. Yeah, this is getting a lot of buzz, and it's good and bad. You know, a lot of reviewers have have kind of dissed this movie, saying that it's not uh, what it should be, didn't live up to what it could have been. Uh, Others feel a little differently. At the box office, Jill is going to tell a different story, and I'll bring you there in a moment. Uh, This is a live-action remake of the 1992 Disney animated film. has Will Smith in the role of the genie, and that was the part voiced by Robin Williams in the cartoon version. Now, Smith as the genie is sometimes blue and sometimes brown, but always entertaining. Once he and all the characters, for that matter, get over what seems to be early scene jitters. Now, the director here is Guy Ritchie. He says he wanted to make the film because what he's all about is street hustlers. And that's what Aladdin is. Aladdin is a street hustler. Now, that role goes to an Egyptian-born Canadian, Mina Massoun, who grew up in the greater Toronto area. Now, even though the theater was full of families that uh, I attended, with children as young as four and five, I really didn't see this as a completely kid's film. Uh, Actually, comparing it to the original version from 92, I found that it had more depth, it had a darker story, and some complex plot twists that were easier for adults to follow than for children. Now, the story is still the story, though. Aladdin must retrieve the magic lamp for Jafar, who is the evil man who has his sights set on taking over the kingdom, taking it away from the venerable old sultan and his heir apparent, uh, Jasmine. Now, Jasmine is played by Naomi Scott. She was born and raised in London, England, and her mother has roots in Uganda and India. So this is truly an international-looking cast. Now, she embodies the goodness that any leader would strive to achieve while still being a target for all marauding royalty bent on taking her hand in marriage to get the grips on the kingdom. When Aladdin rubs the lamp and the genie appears, my first thoughts were around how he could possibly compete with the job that Robin Williams did in the original. In a very smart move, he appears to not even try, and instead makes the genie a Will Smith creation, with just a touch of rapper and a little bit of the street in him. At two hours and eight minutes in length, I found the movie too long, and that was punctuated by the youngster sitting next to me in the sold-out theater, accompanied by his dad and his brother. Now, the little guy conked out about an hour and ten minutes in, despite the urging of his brother to, please wake up, you're missing it. There's been much talk about this movie not living up to what it should be a live-action version of a Disney animation to rival The Jungle Book or Beauty and the Beast, each of which had strong reviews. My guess is that this one will have the much stronger box office, and it it plays out like a Disney theme park ride, but that's not a bad thing, Joe. I found it a thoroughly entertaining movie. I thought Will Smith was terrific, and uh, I went in expecting to not care for it very much. I left saying, you know what? That PG-rated movie really did the job. I thought it was just fine, Joe. All right. Sounds like a good one. Uh, Brightburn, what's this all about? Well, this is a reverse twist on the Superman legend. Picture yourself in the writer's room trying to cook up an idea for a movie when somebody says, hey, what if Superman had been bad to the bone instead of a superhero? And there you have it. Tori and Kyle Breyer, played by Elizabeth Banks and David Denman, are a young couple who find a child who literally dropped from the sky just like Superman's Kal-El. They adopt a little boy, name him Brandon, and they give him the best of everything. But by the age of 12, Brandon demonstrates that he is not your garden-variety kid from the sky, nor is he your friendly neighborhood superhero. Instead of helping an old baby across the street, he just as soon slash her to ribbons, and that's just what this movie is. It's a slasher film, it's ultraviolet, with little to redeem it. 
I'm not big on the anti-hero genre, so pardon me if I don't find much good about this kid who goes out of his way to be as evil as is humanly or inhumanly possible. Uh, there'll be an audience for this kind of movie, and I have no issues with that. Uh, the Gun Brothers, Mark and Brian, wrote it. They got it made. It's not my cup of mangled flesh, but uh, yeah, there's an audience for these. It's rated 18A for extreme sadistic violence. Oh, all right. Uh, what about Booksmart? Well, this is interesting. Uh, the two smartest girls in high school spent their entire academic lives getting great grades and doing exactly what was expected of them. When they learned, based on a conversation overheard in a school bathroom, that everybody had been having great fun, except them, uh, that becomes the hook for this R-rated teen comedy produced by Will Ferrell when Amy, played by Caitlin Deaver, and Molly, played by Beanie Feldstein, uh, decide on the last day of school to make up for lost time. Directed by actress Olivia Wilde in her directorial debut, we see the kind of movie that comes from a female perspective in much the same way that such films as Superbad came from the coming-of-age male viewpoint. Amy and Molly are both politically aware. They're headed for college. Uh, They're ready for the world, pretty much. Uh, However, um, they decide, you know what, Uh, we've never dated, we've never done anything. So on the eve of their senior prom, they decide that they are going to do something about all of that within the next 24 hours. And what follows is a romp through all of the things they've missed, much of it relatable to girls of a certain age, but I think not so much for the guys. This is a girls' movie, and it'll resonate with almost everybody in its target audience. Now, the humor is smart, but as is the case with much of the millennial demographic, consists of a lot of edgy sexual jokes and situations that will make some older audience members squirm. Now, if you get it in terms of what these characters face, you will love this well-made comedy. If you don't get it, you may be offended. It also stars Jason Sudeikis and Lisa Kudrow. It is rated 14A here. It is an R-rated movie in the States show. All right. Uh, Interesting one as well. Uh, Over on Netflix, uh, we've got Maria. Yes, from 2019. It's a Netflix original. It's from the Philippines, and it tells the story of ex-assassin Maria, who, just like John Wick, tries to leave her bloody past behind her by getting out of the life. Played by popular Filipina actress Christina Reyes, uh, Maria has to change everything when a power-hungry gang comes knocking on her door looking to target her entire family. Maria's killer instincts kick back into gear, and now nobody is safe. It was her former boyfriend and one-time partner in crime who, by chance, spotted her in a crowd, tracked her down, and became a major threat to her now husband and her children. It's rated 18A for violence. That's Maria. It's on Netflix. And another one from 2019 as well, Rim of the World. Yeah, I kind of like this one, Jill. It's uh, uh, another Netflix original. Good cast here, and it's headed by director McGee, who did such films as Lethal Weapon and Shadowhunters. And uh, this one has space aliens invading the Earth, and their first target, of course, is a summer camp populated by teenagers. Four of them, uh, the teenagers, not the aliens, band together to use their misfit talents to try to save the planet. Cast members include Annabeth Gish, she was a former X-Files regular, Lynn Collins from X-Men Origins, Michael Beach, who currently stars in the TV series The Rookie, and Tony Cavallaro from the TV series School of Rock. A pretty good movie, uh, if you like that kind of thing, and I do. 14A rating for Rim of the World on Netflix. All right, and what's happening over on Crave? Uh, Crave's got an interesting movie from 2015. It's Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors. Originally, it was a Lifetime TV movie, and this is the true story of how young Dolly, then age nine, copes with a devastating tragedy that befalls her close-knit family who always believed in the healing power of faith and love. The story demonstrates the role that the raggedy patchwork coat played in 
in Dolly's life and how it helped to change everything. Exceptional cast here with Jennifer Nettles, Gerald McGraney, Ricky Schroeder, and Dolly's real-life sister, Stella Parton. The hard-scrabble life in the backwoods of Tennessee is in the foreground with the family's unbending faith providing a backdrop. PG's the rating for Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors, and that's on Crave, Joe. All right, and we have time for a very quick look at TV. Uh, yes, American Ninja Warrior. It's pretty much a rerun city tonight because of the American Memorial Day holiday. So primetime viewing on a first-run basis as the return of this extreme sports series, pretty much the only game in town. Individuals set out for the ultimate goal, which is to get to the top of Mount Midori in Las Vegas uh, by the time the summertime ends. Uh, so for a different kind of sport, NBC also has the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500. That starts at 9.30 this morning, and I just might have a look at that one, Joe. All right, sounds great. On that note, Rick, thank you so much, and we will talk to you next weekend. You bet. Thanks, Joe.